0: So let's jump in. Let's talk about the warrior's weapons again today. Uh, I want you to, as as I said, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and then Acts chapter 1, the two keynote passages that we'll look at. As we talk about the warrior's weapons, you look at chapter 10. Paul the Apostle said in verse 4, though I'd like to elaborate on all of this passage, I'm just going to read to you verse 4. It says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Could we all read this together out loud? Come on, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And so for the past few Sundays, we've been talking about the warrior's weapons. We began by talking about awakening the warrior within all of us. And some of us may or may not realize that God has called us to be warriors for him in this last day's harvest. Not just to buke the devil, but to gain the victory for the harvest of the, for the souls of men. Amen. How many of you know there's some lost people that need to be saved? And so we've got to be awakened to the reality that God has called us as soldiers and warriors in the spirit realm to do spiritual battle against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. In fact, at the close of this service today, I want you not to disengage before we do this. At the close of this service today, we're going to rebuke the spirit of evil that has in ingrained itself in, in what's now called ISIS, whatever that stands for, I forget. But listen, these people are demonically inspired and we have the power and the authority to bind the enemy all the way around the world and right here in Beaumont, Texas as well. And so, amen, somebody say amen. You know, look at the news, man, and use that as your prayer, uh, your prayer calendar. And you just say, oh, God, and let's work together, and let's do our part in standing against the principalities and the powers and wielding the weapons of war that God has given us. We talked about the warrior's worship. Uh, we looked at Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, verse 22. How many of you realize worship is a great weapon of war? We just worship God that it confounds the enemy. I'd like to preach that message all over again. I love it. They worshiped God before. They were surrounded by the enemy. Then Jehoshaphat, the leader, was so honest. He said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And they began to worship God. And as they went out to battle, they worshiped God. And when God confounded the enemy to the point that they conspired with one another and killed each other. They worship God after the fact, and God blessed them. How many of you know it's important to be a worshiper of God? And then we looked a couple of Sundays ago at the warrior sword, and that's where the series on Wednesday night was born, the power of the Word of God. The Bible says that that we are to take up as a part of the armor of God the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the Word of God is so powerful. And before we wield the sword, we've got to let the sword be wielded on us. Amen. And Jesus overcame the devil in the, in the wilderness by the power of the Word of God. He said, it is written. Somebody say, it is written. He quoted the Word and wielded the Word. And the Bible says the devil left him. Now, how many of you know the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword? And so the power of the sword. Be here on Wednesday night as we study the Word of God together and, 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 and learn to better grasp the Word of God in our life. I want to encourage you to do that. Now this morning, we're going to talk about the warrior's prayers. I'm telling you, prayer is a weapon of war against the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. I want you to realize that. In fact, without you turning there, you can, if you're taking notes, you can write down Matthew 18, 18. It's in reference to prayer. Jesus said this. He said it in Matthew 16, uh, and then he said it again in Matthew 18 and, and made a more direct reference about the power of binding and loosing. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound. Whatever you, whatever you bound on, uh, uh, in earth will be bound. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed. And then he begins to talk about prayer. You see, prayer has the power to bind and loose. How many of you believe we need to bind the strong man, uh, the, the demonic influence that has, that has run rampant across our world, and take a hold of God and, and use the weapon of war called prayer against the principalities and powers, and then begin to loose the Spirit of God at the place of prayer, to, to do great works and, and, and wonders in our midst. Amen. We're going to see how that works today as we look at the power of prayer and the weapon of our warfare today. And, and I'm thinking, and as you turn to Acts chapter 1, I want you to, to ponder with me that this first century church, as they these disciples, they had let me tell you something. These disciples, as we, as we plug into the book of Acts and begin to look at the birthing of the church, we realize these folks were warriors. We think about them and we go, oh, well, you know, just fishermen. No, they were warriors. They had been, let me tell you something. These folks had been traumatized. They had been accused, beaten, and, 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 and maligned by the religious order of the day. And when Jesus was crucified, they thought and died, they thought their world was over. But Jesus had promised them something, that he would come back from the dead. And the third day, he rose again. Now, these people were traumatized by all that had happened. And by the crucifixion and the beating of their their Lord and Savior. But in the process of time, three days later, he rose from the dead. Then he began to not. Uh, they the, he turned their the fact that they'd been traumatized. He began to weaponize them. He began to empower them with the word and the will of God. He began to show them some things and remind them of some things. And we find them as Jesus, the resurrected Christ, came into their life. Acts chapter 1 says for 40 days he spent time with them. Now you've got to think about this. I, I try to put myself in there. The 40 days, this, 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 uh, this army of ragtag followers of Christ, who were there in the upper room, had had basically left home and lands for the sake of the Word and the will of God being accomplished in their life. The Bible says the resurrected Christ, for 40 days, He taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then He said this to them. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Everybody say, wait. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of different mindsets about what you do when you wait. And I'm going to show you some things today that I hope you'll begin to realize and and, 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 uh, appropriate in your life concerning the weapon of prayer because we see these disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. It says, These all, everyone say these all. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Let me read this again to you. It says this, These all, Continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Could I tell you something today? Jesus nowhere told them to do this. He didn't say go to Jerusalem and pray. He said go wait. What motivated them to prayer? Listen, you've got to understand something about their life with Jesus. Jesus, number one, modeled prayer for them. He would rise a great while before day and there he would pray and it got so interesting to them that one day they they started how many of you know sometimes the light just comes on you know how how many of you ever uh, against our better judgment sometimes the light just comes on and we go shazam everybody go shazam they began to see they began to, Jesus he gets up early and prays and then he goes out and does miracles and then he comes home and though he's very tired he goes back to the place of prayer and then he'd get up in the morning a great while before day, and there he would pray, and then he'd go out and do more miracles. And, you know, finally, everybody, everybody turn the light on. Come on, turn the light on with me. Everybody goes, shazam. The light came on, and they said, oh, Lord, won't you teach us to pray? He said, I thought you'd never ask. No, he didn't say that, but it's just my divine imagination. He began to teach them to pray, Matthew 6. He's teaching them to pray. Pray, our Father, one say, Our Father. Our Father. And he, and he begins saying, Who art in heaven? Now, that's not the battle cry of the football team before they go out and win or lose. That's the way I used to, we used to pray it. It's a model prayer. Jesus was teaching his disciples. Everyone say disciples. He was teaching his disciples to pray. In fact, Matthew 5, uh, I think 5, 6, and 7, or 4, 5, and 6 is, the, is, is where Jesus is up on the mount. He's teaching his disciples. The multitudes are there, but he's teaching them the lifestyle of discipleship. And he says, when you pray, pray this way. And so he taught them to pray. And then as he was, after he rose from the dead, 40 days of, uh, hey, I would love to have been in that seminar. How many of you would love to have been in the Resurrected Christ Seminar 101? Woo, man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, something was going on. And and, and then he, he, he commanded them just to wait. Now, so here's my thought about the fact, why are they praying? It was just the responsible thing to do. That's just what normal discipleship is all about. When you're waiting, there's still something to do. And for us as a church, in fact, you may be here today and you may feel like you're in a holding pattern. I'm not a pilot, but I've been... How many of you ever been a, in a holding pattern? You say, come on, somebody land this plane. Something's going on, you're in a holding pattern. The last thing the pilot needs to do while he's waiting to land is disengage from the control tower. And listen... That's what Jesus told them to do. He said, go to Jerusalem. We've done all this. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You go to Jerusalem and you wait. And so they began to pray. It's the responsible thing to do. Listen, you don't need a command from God. In fact, though I've not studied it out, I'm going to go back and look a little bit. You can help me on this. I don't know if I remember anywhere where Jesus commanded his disciples to pray. They just saw him praying and they realized this is what we do if we're going to follow him. This is what we do. If we're going to be a part of His kingdom, we're going to be people of prayer. And we're going to pray responsibly. Everyone pray, say, responsible praying. You see, that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's how, to, how do we pray responsible. They were just responsible. They realized something was going on. Everybody say, something's going on. I'm telling you, these people believed something was about to happen. They had believed that Jesus was going to do something for him. And whoever this promise of the Father was, this comforter that was coming, can you imagine their anticipation? They didn't know what, you know, he said, you, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and he's going to empower you. And when you receive power, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Listen, these folks were engaged with the control tower. You don't want to get disengaged in the middle of what's something that's going on. Look at your neighbor and say, something's going on around here. There's something going on, I'm telling you. And you and I have got to remain engaged and we've got to begin to pray responsibly. That when our time comes, when God begins to speak and move, we are prepped and ready for war. Amen. So this morning I want to show you some things from this verse. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. that says, They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. I want to show you six things. You can write them down that responsible praying requires. Number one, it requires people. It says they all with one accord. Now, let me just throw this out. How many of you know we should have a private prayer time? Jesus would go away by himself and pray. But I want to tell you something. I said, I want to tell you something. Look at your neighbor and say, he's telling us something. When you look to Scripture and you look to the teachings of Jesus, you'll find that he's talking many times when he's instructing the people of God to pray. And these it was a corporate prayer effort. Everyone say corporate prayer effort. They were all gathered together. Nobody checking Facebook. Nobody playing video games. Come on now, could I get a better Amen. These people were engaged into the purpose of God for their life. They were not disengaged from God's purpose and plan. They were in a holding pattern, but my friend understands something. They were staying in contact. And that's where you and I need to be. See, sometimes we get into our little world and we think, okay, everything's going. You know, skippity-doo-dah, ho-hum, the tune is dumb, the words don't mean a thing, and we're just kind of going along. But listen, we've got to get in contact with the King of Glory. At the place of prayer and began to pray responsibly. And they were praying in a corporate prayer effort together. Jim, I just have to tell you, we've got to figure out in the days ahead how we can engage our church family more in corporate praying together. I know what some of you say, oh, I just don't feel comfortable praying around other people. Well, maybe you need to meet the resurrected Christ and go through His seminar because these people were engaged in the purposes of God and they they gathered together you see the sadly the totality of most people's prayer efforts are singular and self-serving it's about me myself and i now, I just saw something. I just had one of those aha moments today. I just went, oh, it was even this morning. How many of you appreciate the pastor having an aha moment on Sunday morning? That, that might help you a little bit. It helped me. Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, you know what, he's, you know what he said? He said this after he said, our Father which He said, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven. Oh, stop, pause. What was the first word? Ow. Uh-oh. It's not my father which art in heaven. It's, oh my goodness, O M G! Look at your name and say O M G. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give me this day my. Da- oh oh oh! Light comes on. Give us this. Oh, it's about us. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the family of God. It's about corporate effort at the place of prayer. When's the last time you rallied together with four, five, six, ten, or twenty people and spent a little time seeking God? Listen, that's responsible praying. Not only about me, myself, and I, it's about us and them. Are you with me? Say amen. You see, it's not about your light, Bill. It's about your neighbor's light, Bill. It's about your brother. It's give us this day. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgave, forgive those who trespass against us. It's corporate. Hey, responsible praying requires other people in your life. And you say, well, how does that work? You, okay, how does that work? Find some other people and pray. Amen? My, Beverly, y'all, had, y'all, y'all played Bunko last night, right? Did y'all pray? Okay, they prayed at Bunko. They had fun at bunco. Beverly lost every round. No, she got one Bunko. I don't know what Bunko is, but they had fun. I showed up in the middle and ate cheesecake. That's all I know. But they prayed. Corporate prayer effort. Listen, if you're going to be a responsible prayer warrior, you've got to find other people and begin to pray. Number two, I see persistence. It says they continued. Everyone say, continue. You know what continue means? Don't quit. Everybody say, don't quit. Listen, here, here's what the, the Scripture clearly teaches about prayer, especially about specific prayer, prayer things that you know God has called you to pray over. You don't quit. You pray. Everyone heard that phrase, pray. I'm going to pray. You got to pray through, Brother. You know, it's not pray till you get through, amen. It's pray till you get the breakthrough. It's don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. You can't stop. Hey, it may be breakthrough day, may be right around the corner. Aren't you glad somebody didn't quit praying for you? I'm glad my mama prayed for me. I'm glad my, my there was somebody who cared enough for me. And it's persistence. I love that. In fact, uh, you'll see this later in Acts chapter 12 when Peter's in prison, potentially about to lose his head for the gospel's sake to be a martyr. And it says, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. How many of you appreciate the fact that there's there there, there the potential is that in your darkest moment, there's somebody praying for you? We have a prayer chain. When you have a need, we can plug you in at the place of prayer and we can begin to pray for you. But you've got to be persistent. Don't stop praying for the breakthrough over your family. Don't stop praying for the breakthrough in your children. Don't stop praying for the breakthrough in your job. You've got to stay persistent. There might be an angel just about to show up and shake the jail cell in your behalf. You've got to stay with it. We've got to stick to it. We can't quit. Tell three people, Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. We've got to be persistent at the place of prayer. And we see that they all continued. And you know what? They didn't have a designated day or an hour when they knew the Holy Spirit was going to show up. Acts chapter 2 says suddenly the Holy Spirit. Listen, it wasn't suddenly to God. He was waiting for the church. To prime the spiritual pump at the place of prayer. Amen. You got trouble in your marriage, you better be praying about it. Don't be gossiping about it. Don't be running off talking to other people who got marriage problems and y'all figure out how to fix each other. Man, you don't need to try that. you got your own problems. You find somebody who got it fixed. You can talk to them, but you better talk to God. You better start praying for your husband, your wife, and say, God, have mercy on them. Help them, Lord Jesus. Touch their life. And don't quit. Everybody say, don't quit. So there's persistence. Responsible praying requires people. Of like heart and like mind to agree together. It requires consistency and persistency at the place of prayer. I th- you know what the first century church was doing? They were giving birth to the church. Would you agree? At the place of prayer, they were giving birth to the church. All the ladies who have given birth are about to give birth. Raise your hand. Woo. Don't y'all just love talking about giving birth? Don't you remember those wonderful birth pains? Aren't you excited? Man, makes you just want to do it all over again, doesn't it, Julie? No, she didn't want to do it anymore. Now, this makes no sense, does it? Woman in birth pains. She's getting closer. Oh, man, and the, and the, and the tension mounts. Doesn't it? She's at a three. I'm not sure what that means, but I know things are progressing. I don't want to know, Really? But I know ten, look out. I do know that. She's at a five. Can you imagine at a five and then at a seven, about an eight, the mother-to-be going, oh, I'm tired of this for a while. Come on, honey, let's go. We're going to McDonald's. We'll come back tomorrow. No, no, no. This makes no sense, does it? You can't. You can't stop now. You can't can't call time out now. We're giving birth to something. Oh, it's happening now. You can't stop. you got to keep. Hey, listen. Prayer is that way. There's some things that need to be birthed in your life. There's some, some things that need to be bound in your life. There's some things that need to be loosed in your life. Don't quit now. Amen. Persistence and then i see another one its pur- purpose they were with one accord they won't say one accord they had a common purpose in mind they weren't all over the map Now, I wasn't there. I can't tell you exactly what they're praying. My divine imagination comes into play here based on what Jesus told them was going to happen. They were praying, God, whatever the promise is, we're ready for it. God, don't let us anything happen to hinder the promise. You said to come wait for the promise. So, oh, promise. uh, Hey, nobody ever experienced the promise of the Father before. This was a new thing. Something new was happening. But they were focused in. They were dialed in. They had the commission of God on their heart, and they certainly knew it was whatever was coming was going to empower them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. They had a purpose about their praying. Strategically dialed in at the place of prayer. And then there was praise. Interesting insight when it says these all continued with one accord in prayer. The word prayer is more about worship than it is about Our Father which art in heaven. It's a worship word. And without going into it too deeply, listen, a big part of praying responsibly is worship. What's the first thing Jesus said to do? Okay, here's how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Most people don't do that. Most people wake up in the morning and say, oh, grocery list, God. Boy, you better fix this. You better get that old man of mine straight, Lord. You better do this. I need you to do that. And we talk to him like we talk to a stepchild. I done got all cranky this morning. Listen. We're going to talk about th- your petitions in a moment, but Listen. Your praying responsibly is a place of worship and praise where you, you stir the atmosphere of faith with your praise unto God. Some of you looking at me like a calf stares at a new gate. I'm telling you, it's time we get off our own blessed assurance and get up into the presence of the Lord and get up all in His business and start worshiping Him and giving Him glory and praise. Quit mumbling and grumbling and complaining and whining and moaning and crying. and Let's start worshiping God. Ooh. that's responsible prayer time some of you are so religious dear Lord who's that? Lord if it be Thy will be thou Can, now I'm going to get there in a second guess who was at the prayer meeting Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know Mary wasn't going, oh, law. And some religious. Whoo! Some of you think of Mary. Oh, you know what? I think Mary got her praise on. He was dead, he was dead, he was dead, but he's alive from the dead. Hallelujah, glory to God. Come on now. (laughs) She got it going on. you? Let me just throw this. I may never get done today. I've been gone a week. If your child died and came back to life, would you be going, well, bless the Lord. There'd be some praise going on. There'd be some hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's, that's praying responsibly. And I know some of you are kind on of a spook by this, but I'll tell you, just wait till your wife leaves or goes to work or whatever, and you get it going on, you just get it going on. You'll learn, you'll grow. I remember one time I got it going on in my room before I was married, I lived at home, my daddy wasn't quite there yet. I'm in my room, man, I'm praying, I'm worshiping the Lord. All of a sudden I see him peeking in the crack in the door. He goes It wasn't long he was at church doing the same thing, so hey, what goes around comes around. Praying responsibly requires people. It requires persistence. It requires purpose. It requires praise. And there's a place for petition. I know some of you wonder if we'd ever get there because it says they all continued with one accord in accord prayer and supplication. That word just simply means petition. And God did teach us to bring our petitions to Him. But you got to do it rightly. It cannot be all about you. But you have the. He said, "Hey, when we pray, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread." There's nothing wrong with that. But if they that's all you do. You're out of whack. We've got to get it in order. We've got to get it in, in right me- method. We've got to get it right hearted. In fact, Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4. One of my favorite verses that you and I need to embrace in our life. He said this. He said, don't worry about anything. Philippians 4 or 6, I think. But pray about everything. And then he says, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Not a begging him for something. How many of you know my daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills? We're not, we're not poor-mouthing God. Some of you have been poor-mouthing God. And, and, and just, oh, I'm you know, I, you know, brother come on i got to get moving but let me just tell you you get full of faith and you ask God at the proper time what you need he wants you to petition him and these first century prayer warriors at the proper time they began to petition God oh listen God loves it when we get it right and we get in the right place and we start petitioning him for the right things at the right time the right way and we say oh Holy Ghost have your way in our life Spirit of God be poured out upon us make us powerful witnesses for you there's petition with thanksgiving you let your requests be made known to God and then number six I'm going to read between the lines just a little bit there's passion these people were praying with passion now that's where Mary comes in You think she's not praying passionately for the purposes of God not to be realized in 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 their lives and in the kingdom's life. Her son, her, her son died for the sakes of the sin, for the sake of the sins of all humanity. You think she's not passionately engaged at the place of prayer for the purposes of God. And the brothers were there too. They were all engaged. They weren't off checking Facebook and 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 you know, hey, they were passionate about the purposes of God being. That's praying responsibly, my friend. We got to step. Everybody say, "Stepping up a notch." Whew! That's that's responsible praying. I would have loved to have been there to hear Mary pray. Whew. I would have loved to heard this. Power prayer. This warlike prayer voice. I've been in Israel a few times and they have the traditional upper room. It's not the upper room, but it's the traditional upper room and it gives you kind of a picture of it's close to where it was. But, and I've been in that upper room when 50, 75, 100 people were praying. And I got a picture of what was going on. One time I was in a stadium with 65,000 other pastors and ministers, men, at a Promise Keepers clergy conference. And 65,000 men inside, the, I think it's the Georgia Dome. I think it's a, it was a closed-over dome. and 65,000 men start praying with passion petitioning God and praising the Lord and hammering heaven. Who That'll change something in the atmosphere. That'll bind something. That'll loose something. And these first century prayer warriors began to bombard heaven at the place of prayer. Now, there's some things began to happen. Let me just tell you something. Things will begin to happen when you begin to pray responsibly. I wanted you to tell somebody this. Things will begin to happen when you begin to pray responsibly. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Come on. Things will begin to happen when you pray responsibly. When you start praying the way that this first century church began to pray in Acts chapter 1, 14, when when it says they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I love it. Man, it wasn't just the men, glory to God. It wasn't just a ladies' prayer meeting. It was all of us We were getting all up in the, uh, the place of prayer, beginning to seek God. Things began to happen. Let me tell you what it produced in these folks. Number one, responsible praying. It produced prudent living. Or biblical living. Now without going into it, Acts chapter 1 it says in verse 15, in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether, and the number of names was about 120 and he said men and brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus for he was numbered with us and obtained a, a part in this ministry now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, falling headlong he burst open into the middle and all his entrails gushed out. Can you imagine? And he became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called uh, in their own language uh, the field of blood for it is written. And he's, he, hey, he's quoting scripture and he says, hey we we've got to fill his office. It says there in verse 20 let the dwelling places be desolate and let no one live it and let another take his office. And so what they did there before the Pentecostal Holy Ghost power came upon them, they Began to get under the directive of prudent biblical living. They, for us, what did they do? They started getting things straight in their life. Listen, you, hey, God's not going to pour out His Spirit on, 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 on disconnected, disjointed, unholy, confusing lifestyles. And these folks were getting everything in order. And listen, praying responsibly will put things in order in your life I'm going to say that again praying responsibly will put things in order in your life you will begin to have unction and wisdom and direction, biblical insight and say this has got to go that's got to go, oh somebody said oh I don't know if I want to pray because I don't know if this needs to go or that needs to go, listen hey, in all of our lives there's some things that need to go, that just needs to go well I don't know if I, I just need, come on Find yourself at the place of prayer and say, this has got to change in my life. we got to fix this. we got to get back to the Bible. we got to ask ourselves, what does the Bible say about how I need to live my life? Listen, you start praying and God will begin to help you direct your life and get you to a place of prudent, wise, biblical living. And you won't need the preacher to come along and hound you. Or your husband or your wife. When are you going to quit that? I don't know. We go. Are you with me? Say amen. So, what happened when they began to pray responsibly? Hey, prudent living. Number two, I love this Pentecostal anointing. All the Pentecostals say hallelujah. Anybody here raised in Pentecostal church? Okay, got a few. Any Baptists here? I'm Baptist. All right, listen. <clears throat> they were all praying. And before anybody knew what Pentecostal was, they became one. It was on the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they began to worship the Lord and speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A little fire set on their head. Whew. And let me just tell you, the first thing they did, and they went, hey, let me tell you some evidence of Pentecostal anointing in your life, is other people start knowing about it. If you're a closet Pentecostal, I doubt your Pentecostal experience. If nobody knows, then I'm not sure you know. I'll never forget my friend. We got all filled with the Holy Ghost. We used to go out and we used to go out in the country because there, was, hey, there wasn't Facebook back then. There wasn't nothing back then. There wasn't even a Dairy Queen in my town. Most anything you do was up to something, but it wasn't good so we'd go out in the country and pull, put the pickup bed down and start praying we didn't have enough sense to know better I'll never forget one, t- one, some, one guy was sick we are all out there praying in the dark there was no cell phones we didn't know what cell phone, there was no such thing as the internet we're out there praying and one guy said I'm, I don't feel good I don't feel right and one of my buddies said well the Bible says if you normal with oil faith, so suit sick Lord raise them up We just raised the hood. You know it worked. But listen, when you start praying responsibly, there will be a Pentecostal anointing come upon your life. And these people receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And God began to use them. And he began, and the church was born because they were praying responsibly. They got anointed for the task. That's why Jesus said, don't leave home without it. You go and wait for it. But when you get it, let me tell you something, uh, you're, you're going to be empowered to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, the, and the, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Most people aren't anointed because they're not praying responsibly. What's the Bible say? If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will. If you ask, it will be given. So, hey, there was prudent living, there was Pentecostal anointing, and then number three, there was prophetic fulfilling. Peter gets up and preaches. And he says, he, he, he starts quoting Joel about the Holy Spirit being poured out. He said, this is that. In other words, the prophetic purposes of God begin to be fulfilled in your life. Let me just throw it in your court for just a second. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for you. There's a prophetic word from God over your life. He didn't, hey, he just didn't wake up one day and go, oops, who are you? He's got a plan for your life. And if you'll start praying responsibly, the purposes and the prophetic purpose of God will begin to be realized in your life. Prudent living. Praying responsibly provides us prudent living. Pentecostal anointing and prophetic fulfilling. And finally, powerful preaching. Peter gets up. Now, you've got to remember, Peter hadn't been to cemetery, I mean, seminary. He'd been to the school of the Spirit. He'd been to the school of the resurrected Christ. Peter, the old fisherman, listen, you think you're not not equipped? Listen, all you need is the Holy Ghost in your life to have a prophetic, powerful proclamation of God come through your life. And Peter's first message, he preached one message and 3,000 plus people were born again. Today we preach 3,000 messages and maybe get one born again. Something's backwards. Listen, beyond the pulpit, we all have a message. We've got a reason for being. And the Holy Spirit was not given to you to get the monkey off your back. The Holy Spirit was given to put the power of the Holy Spirit on you to speak up for Jesus. And to share his passion, and his love for the whole world. You see, when you begin to pray responsibly and you begin to get warlike in your prayers, like this first century church, it'll produce prudent living, Pentecostal anointing, and prophetic fulfilling and powerful proclamation and preaching of the Word of God. Amen? Now, listen carefully. This is where the warrior wisdom comes into play here. Responsible praying Which produces Prudent living Everyone say prudent living Come on everybody say prudent living Everybody say Pentecostal anointing Everybody say prophetic fulfilling Everyone say powerful preaching That kind of praying Will always also produce Resistance There will be a resistance I came to tell you that if you get serious about wielding the weapon of prayer, there will be resistance. Internal resistance, external resistance to try to hinder you and keep you from praying, from plugging in and moving things and binding things and loosening things. The last thing the devil wants is somebody fired up at the place of prayer. And there will be resistance. Interesting to me, in my lifetime, the biggest battle in the public schools in my lifetime is prayer in the school. Resistance. Now, what do you do? What are we going to do? Responsible praying. We always encounter resistance. So how do we respond to this resistance? We get us some signs and mark them up and march down and... (laughs) How about more responsible praying? Let's follow the leader. Let's follow the model. Acts chapter 4. Quickly, I'm about done. Look at your neighbor and say, he's about done. Don't miss the ending. He's about done. Acts chapter 4, the power of the Holy Spirit's poured out. The church is born, and the first thing they encounter is resistance. Peter and John called in on the carpet by the religious rulers of the day who were seeing that things were getting out of hand. And these people that they had controlled with their religiosity and their laws and their legalism, they were losing them by the thousands. And they brought them in and they threatened them. And they said that you, that you, you speak no more in the name of Jesus. You know what they said? Peter and John answered, said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they threatened them further, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. Now, what's the first thing they did? They went back to the church, and they let them go in verse 23, and they went to their own companions. They reported all to the chief priests and elders and said to them, so when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and they began to pray how do you respond to resistance at the place of prayer more righteous responsible prayer and they just began to pray the Bible says the place where they were gathered read it later was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with bold Acts chapter 12, I mentioned it a few moments ago. Peter's in jail. He's about to lose his head. Constant prayer was offered to God by the church. What happened? Uh, hey, there was an earthquake in the gate. You know, in the, in the, oh no, there, I'm getting my next story. There was an earthquake. The angel shows up, Peter, and says, oh, Peter, wake up. Peter was asleep. Constant prayer was going on. He's asleep. He's about to lose his head, and he was asleep. And the angel opened the gate and took him, listen, there is, there is nothing too big For someone who responds responsibly at the place of prayer against the adversities and the resistance of life. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, I'm about done. They're in jail as well. And the Bible says, listen carefully, at the midnight hour they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the earthquake comes and all the prisoners were released. Because Paul in silence We're praying responsibly I want to pause and ask you And just say to this today I believe there's some people here this morning You're in the midnight hour of your life It's the darkest it's ever been for you You feel like there's no hope in life You feel like you're done You feel like this is the worst And you have no hope Listen In the midnight hour And there will be many midnight hours. Could I tell you? It's not easy serving God. There's hard places, there's dark spots, there's trauma moments, there's loss, there's pain, there's agony. There's nothing. Hey, this is not Apple Pine Chevrolet. These people had been traumatized, families upheaved. But in the midnight hour, they began to pray. Sing hymns of praise to God. They were praying responsibly. What do you do when there's resistance? Just keep praying. Don't quit. And if necessary, God will send an earthquake in your behalf. He will rattle the bars of your bondage, your trauma. He will show up in the middle of your mess. He'll make himself manifest. If We'll be warriors at the place of prayer. Listen, nothing of consequence will ever be birthed without the responsible prayer efforts of the family of faith. And today as we close this service I'm calling us to a new level of praying To be a responsible prayer warrior And wield the weapon of war Called prayer In a responsible manner To see God's kingdom come And His will be done In the earth Let's stand together today I know it's up noon here But let me just pray for you And then we're going to bind the spirit Of the enemy that is running, rampant across our world. How many of you believe we can make a difference right here today? I want you to bow your heads today. I want you just for a moment, just begin to say this to God. Say, Lord, help me begin to pray responsibly. Help me be a a prayer warrior who plugs into the place of prayer, not only singularly, but corporately. Begins to engage the things of God at the place of prayer with the family of faith and persist with purpose and praise lifting our petitions with passion to God. Lord, help that be our life. Come on, I want you to just begin to embrace the reality of God's plan for us as prayer warriors. Lord Jesus, stir the stir the spirit of prayer in our hearts. Ignite the the hearts of God's men and women at the place of prayer Lord set us afire at the place of prayer let the passion of God begin to burn within us let the purpose of God begin to burn within us Lord let us be men and women of passionate prayer binding the enemy Lord and breaking the bondages of, of people's life at the place of prayer Lord we embrace a lifestyle of responsible prayer Work it in us. Work it in us. Jesus said this concerning us. He gave us authority over the devil. He sent the disciples out two by two. And they came back amazed that even the demons were subject to them in the name of the Lord. So today as we stand in this place... I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pr- I'm, we're going to pray a prayer of deliverance today. And I'm just going to pray a breakthrough in some people's lives. As I said, some of you, your dark moment. This is your midnight hour. It's, time. Hey, I'm going to pray for you, you, gotta, you but you got to step it up too. And then we're going to pray o- over and bind the spirit of the devil off of this nation and around this world. Father, today, I thank you for the authority we have over demons and devils. And over the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And I think that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Today, I pray, Lord God, for these that are here today that may have strongholds in their life. They're at their darkest hour. They're at the midnight hour of their life. I bind every demon, devil, and hell off their life. And I pray, Lord, that whatever it is that has them bound, whatever it has pulled them down and sucking them down, I pray, I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Let's say we bind this in the name of Jesus. We bind this spirit off our family in the name of Jesus. We stand together against the powers of darkness we take authority over every demon devil that would try to undermine the folks in this house today and in this church family and we say no more take your hands off God's people take your hands off our family take your hands off our finances take your hands off our purpose and place in life in the name of Jesus we bind you and we loose the power of God to go to work in our behalf and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ and for your glory let's give him some praise and thanksgiving in this house today Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now do something a little uncomfortable because it's corporate prayer. Take your neighbor by the hand. It may be a little uncomfortable. You may not even know these folks. Take your neighbor by the hand. Somebody take somebody by the hand. Listen, we're going to bind the devil off, off of our world right now. This spirit of, of death and, and you know what the Bible says? The, the, the devil comes, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy We're going to bind him right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as we take hands together. We bind the devil that has inspired godless men and women, Lord, to to come against the people of God, to come against us, come against uh, uh, just innocent people, Lord Jesus. We bind this spirit off of of this organization called ISIS. and We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We will not allow this spirit free reign in our world. We will not allow this spirit free reign in our nation. We will not allow this spirit free reign in Iraq. In any country, we take authority over the head of this organization that is the devil. And we we send you notice right now that we are binding you by the power of Almighty God. By the authority of the Word of God. You have no authority in this place, in this world. And we pull you down in Jesus' name by the power of God's Word. And for the glory of God we pray in Jesus' name. We thank you for breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Every spirit raised up against us must flee in Jesus' name. For your glory. And everybody said amen. Responsible praying. Where does it begin right now? It begins right now begins right now. Come on, let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The Bible says God never sleeps nor slumbers, but you know somebody else doesn't sleep or slumber? That's the devil. And thank God while we're sleeping. Jesus is praying for us. But listen, let's get up and do our part in the morning. Let's begin to pray responsibly. Let's begin to realize we have authority over every demon, devil, and hell. No more whining and complaining. Look at your neighbor and say, no more whining and complaining. We're praying. We're going to pray. We're going to stir it up. Somebody say, stir it up. Woo! Man, I'm excited God bless you Good to have you today If you need prayer for any reason I see Jim and Trish here I see my little wife here uh, and, In fact, I see Michael and Lyric here They'll pray for you If you need prayer Vicky, Dale and Laurie They'll be around If you need prayer for anything They'd love to pray for you And if you're searching for a church home And you'd like to plug into Church on the Rock North Like these that we saw a few moments ago You can do that Just grab these folks that are up around here And say, I believe God is adding us To Church on the Rock And they will help you out Be here Wednesday night when we hear about the sword. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you then. Amen.